This is Saturday, September 25th. Last fall in our thankful series, I told a story related by Pastor Rod Rosenblatt. It seems that a man fell overboard during a Caribbean cruise, and it wasn't easy, but the ship managed to turn around to rescue the man. Clearly, this man could not swim well enough to save himself, and so a rescue ring life preserver was thrown overboard to him attached to a rope to pull him to safety. When the man was safely on board, he remarked to the watching crowd, Did you see the way I grabbed that life ring? Did you see how well I held on and how I saved myself? There has to be some award for that. I must be some kind of hero. Okay, we should laugh. Here was the man that managed to endanger his life by going overboard. The ship had to turn around and rescue him. But he's made himself the hero because he held on to the life preserver. It's a silly story. But I retell this because in this section of Colossians... We are not mentioned in any active way until the end. Here's our verse. Colossians 1, 13-14 He, that's God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Yes, Paul starts with the message of grace. God rescued us. Jesus' coming was a rescue campaign that depended completely on him. It requires nothing of us. We are delivered. We are rescued. We're not the operators, the rescuers, but the rescuees, you might say. We didn't affect our, affect our own rescue and save ourselves. We didn't even reach out and grab the life ring. We were overboard, unconscious, and dead. And Jesus rescued us and restored us to life. He got us breathing and our hearts beating again. As we saw yesterday, And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he is reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. That's Colossians 1.21. So these statements of our rescue are the bookends on either side of this description of the identity of our rescuer. That would be the question we would ask, is it not? I mean, if someone rescued you and saved your life, you would want to know who did it and why they did it. And this is especially true if that person lost their life saving yours. Now, this is why Paul tells us, this is God in human flesh. He did this to end the alienation between us. And the God that made us and loves us did so out of love for us. I remember years ago, shortly after I returned to Miami, I bumped into the father of a friend from high school. He had just received a heart transplant. He explained that now he had a Cuban heart. The man that died as organ donor was Cuban. Now think about that. You would want to know the man that rescued you, the person that saved your life. Perhaps you have seen the stories of transplant patients that have met the family members of those whose, whose organ they received. These are powerful moments. They're moments of deep gratitude. As we learned yesterday, there's a realization of the cost. They lost a family member they dearly loved, and now 
you have a new lease on life. You see, this is the grace we've received. Now we look at this today because we always want to find a way to pay for what is given freely. We want to try and earn the gift. We want to prove ourselves worthy of it all. We want to compensate for what has been given. Paul never tells us to do this. Instead, he tells us that our response is to live fully in what we've been given. We continue to see that it's all of grace. It's it's all God's gift. Yes, we used to be alienated from God. Now we have fellowship with God. Before we were building our own identity on the foundation of our actions and successes, and now we build on a foundation that cannot be shaken. We know we're children of God. We're loved by Him. We don't seek to pay God back. We know we could never do that. No more than my friend could somehow repay for the loss that provided him with a new heart. The end result instead is that we know who we really are and we come to live the life God intended we, would, we should live, filled with his mercy and grace. Yes, of course, we're grateful. Paul repeats those words throughout this letter. Who walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. That's Colossians 1, 10-12. We don't walk worthy of it all as a repayment plan, but as a life of fully entering into what God has given us. It is all glorifying to God and enjoying Him. It's all gratitude. Let's pray. Abba Father, we find it difficult to understand Your grace. We live in a world of earning and discerning, deserving, and we don't deserve the love that You've given to us. We don't your, deserve Your goodness. We don't deserve all that we have in Christ. But let our lives we pray, show forth the joy and gratitude that demonstrates we understand that it's all of grace. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.